What's up? This is Daily Shmay number 202. So I was listening to this audiobook. Now I got to go see what the word is of it, like the title, because for some odd reason, I decided to hit record before checking. It is called Sleepyhead by Henry Nichols. Um, and one of the most, I mean, it's, it's been really interesting just because this is not something I'm normally studying. Um, I, I, you know, it's just, I don't know why I, I got it. <laughs> I just did. So anyways, um, one of the, a couple of the interesting things that pointed out to me is I've, I've been aware of narcolepsy, but I wasn't aware of cataplexy, um, which is, um, typically coincides with narcolepsy might be, you might have, you know, more cataplexy than narcolepsy. But anyways, the point being that strong emotions, um, like laughter, like finding something really funny, being really angry, being, you know, different sensations can cause people to not fall asleep, but basically their body loses consciousness, but they don't. Like they stay awake while their body basically folds and like it's over with. So that was a cool thing to learn about. And then um, more recently today, the chapter I was listening to um, talked about sleep apnea and, you know, how that kind of was discovered. But the thing that really, you know, blew me, so to speak, is that, you know, one of the things that kept getting repeated was that sleep apnea has the word I want to I want to do a direct quote, but I don't have it. So, you know, bear with me. This might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that the moral of the story is that sleep apnea causes or is a leading factor in heart disease and also contributes to like cancer and all these types of things. And um, at first, just hearing that, I'm like, OK, well, obviously he's he's talking about a correlation, not a causation. But this is the crazy thing is when when you break down the science of what's really happening in, in different extremes of different sleep disorders how you breathe while you sleep is is very serious like first of all you're depriving you could be depriving your brain of oxygen this that, and the other but the other thing I heard about oh my gosh it was like if you constantly basically choke and think you're dying every five seconds when you're asleep your body is pretty much on a repeated daily basis using and releasing um what's that thing called that makes you fight or flight uh jesus (laughs) um it's not endorphins it's it's not ritalin it's oh my gosh embarrassing what is it called when you get a shot of adrenaline adrenaline so you're releasing adrenaline to save yourself from dying from not breathing in your sleep and you know he explained that that sort of one of the things that happens when you have these like adrenaline rushes is that your body releases insulin or at least it triggers something um so that you can get the most out of the food that's in your system or you know use the most sugar i don't know i don't i don't know the exact science but the point is that having <clears throat> pardon me having sleep apnea or having disordered breathing in that way that could cause you to have these consistent small bursts of adrenaline can basically give you type 1 diabetes or type 2 diabetes. And it's just one of those things, man, where, you know, 
even he talks about the idea, especially even in the beginning, people were thinking that sleep apnea is exclusively for middle-aged, overweight men, basically. And it is more prevalent in men, um, but this is something that occurs not just through, it's not, we have this stigma, right, where it's like obesity equals these things, and they're almost like seen as these inconvenient um, consequences of of how we view fatness and like the the fat phobia that we have, right? We we see it as like sucks for you, you know. I'm not saying we as individuals, but as a society, there's a lot of things that we kind of just innately or not innately, but um, prejudices we have against um, people who are overweight, but also different diseases and illnesses and disabilities and things like that. So anyways, um, the other thing I wanted to tie it into, of course, was the idea or the, the pre, preconceived notion of black people's health. Um, and it's just one of those things where I, I don't know where else I would have heard that simply having, you know, reoccurring fight or flight responses could give you type 2 diabetes like do you understand this a lot of people are put through things in their childhood or you know people go through things and so that means not only could going through you know living in a violent place or seeing a lot of violence in your home could trigger this situation where you would be predisposed to diabetes we're also talking about you know you can have a the similar visceral reaction to um being triggered so like ptsd could be like you know filtering in and 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 adding to the likelihood of you developing something that has a stigma just with you know unhealthiness and and honestly like we put a lot of morality into it too so it's just something where it's sad to know that if you don't if you aren't you know interested in hearing specialists explain things at a deep level you're just sitting there accepting definitions that are handed down to you by a very obviously controlled and egotistical and mean society of lazy people and lazy in this sense I'm, I'm talking about the fact that we you know we're biased and that's a human thing and that's that's it's not that being biased is something we can even avoid it's just the fact that there's so many resources available to check your own biases and we don't you know what benefit what you know what person that doesn't think they're prone to sleep apnea or don't don't think they would ever have anything to do with it is going to look this information up who who is going to extend that empathy to people or even extend the empathy to ourselves how many times do we get um situations or diagnoses or this and the other like we get in these situations and we just judge the fuck out of ourselves when the fact of the matter is none of this shit is really all that linear it's it's a, everything about existing is holistic because everything is connected. We're living in a grid, you know. It's a, it's a holofractal field. So as much as you think you are yourself, you're just a bag of atoms, just like everybody else, everything else. And so it's just one of those things where, like, if you if you just diversify the information that you're getting and you actually seek to learn from people who are not who honor and are loyal to the truth of a matter. And usually that has to come through. That's why I love books. Someone spent their whole life trying to understand something a certain way. And you get to read it or listen to it in a couple days. 
And then you can read somebody else who has a different opinion. And that way you don't, you aren't people that sacrifice, not even sacrifice. It doesn't seem like a sacrifice often. I, I feel like people, you get a theory, you get passionate about it. You, you, that's, that is, I really admire research, you know? Um, and when science is used for good and not just consumerism, right? People spend their whole lives digging into a perspective and, and learning how to explain it and they give it to you and you can consume it and you can dissect it and you can check your own reactions to it and you can check yourself by having all these different perspectives that are freely available. The book that I'm reading, or the, the books I have physically and the audiobooks are all free. They're from the library. They're from the library. This is free. And now with each thing that I learn from someone who has taken the time I don't even have and the resources I don't have and, you know, the passion and the... And I really love, side note, I really love in these, um, you know, scientific or, you know, I guess it would be science, yeah, a science-based book um, and the theory-based books. is What I really like is that when the book talks not just about the research but about the nuances that that person that's writing the book and went through the research is going through. And so this book is ex- exceptional with that. It comes down to the writing is, is gorgeous um, and the details that are given are not just within the studies. It's, it's the people that are being interviewed and it's their posture when they're being interviewed. And it's the moments that we all notice and we, we create our own definitions about, through, not about, I guess... I guess I'm just someone who feels tortured by how many things I'm interested in. Like I'm concerned I'll never I'll never write a book because how I I can barely pick one thing to do, you know, and and not do other things is really that's a really hard choice for me. So it's it's kind of like a bittersweet admiration I have for you know going down one path. Um that deeply, that that, with that level of intensity and focus, I don't. I think that's my <laughs> my grievance here is that I appreciate these people who focus on one idea or theory or hypothesis and they go for it and they spend their whole lives and then they document that experience of going for it because it makes the experience of going for a theory and learning that much more tangible. The more peop- the more times I learn. No, the more times I read about how someone else learned something, the more accessible learning becomes to me. That's a personal, that's always how it's been for me. Um, books have always been that for me, like a really helpful tool. Pretty much, there's very few things I know <laughs> that I use regularly that I didn't teach myself through a book. Um, occasionally videos, but at at my core, like books are very important to me, obviously, because I talk about them too much. So, what was the point? I mean, the point, there's a lot of points. I'm really grateful, you know, that when I was doing some logo work today and when I was, like, chopping lettuce, I thought that I would just hit play on one of these, you know, 20 audiobooks on the digital shelf that I have. Um, and I'm grateful that people are, are researching these things and that this information is available to me because so much so much is conditioned and ingrained in us and 
layer that with some privilege. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's something I was trying to... That's something that bothers me on a day-to-day basis. And I think on that last very angry episode, I was kind of touching at is like, if you wait till something is within your experience to have empathy for it, like, that's, that's sick, you know? And that's, and that's, it's sick, but it's common. Like, I will give people that, that for the most part, there isn't a very transactional, immediate benefit to being empathetic to people that, in a situation that doesn't benefit you. I understand that. I understand that not everyone is going to naturally expand their mind in that way. I get it. I don't want it to be that way, but I get it. But it's just shit like this where, you know, I'm 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 sitting from a place of privilege. Like, there's really, if I didn't want to know about certain people's experiences, I wouldn't have to. I could avoid that information. And I'm just really glad that my interests are one of the ways that prevent me from staying within this bubble. Like, I, I think that there's something to be said about, you know, the the misuse and the overuse of very important, very um, well-defined and well-researched terms being re- reused, you know, flagrantly and with very little respect for the research behind the terms. Like, fat phobia, or not that, not, not that, body dysmorphia being used for the general fat phobic and self-image issue that you know, and insecurity that kind of comes up for people based on so many factors, it's not the same thing as body dysmorphia is, you know, and even the over-identification with the diagnosis of anxiety or depression, it's like there's so many levels to this thing that when you only use the overarching, you know, Western medicine term to describe the thing, you really desensitize yourself to not just the nuance of your situation, which really needs to be dealt with and not just the name of it, but you also desensitize yourself to the severity of how that is for other people and, and all the research that's been done to the, for people, for other cases that might be more serious or more, um, have more gravity in terms of the effects. And it's not to say you shouldn't be able to identify with what you identify with. It's just... You're going to lack empathy if you keep using these these fucking band-aid words. If if you if you think, you know, the word abolish is is really easy for you to use without any sort of recognition of all of the work and all of the deaths that occurred for that word to be, you know, used the way it's used today for all of the people that don't just know the word abolish, they know the plan, they have an idea, they've been working their whole entire lives of people that have died for the for the things that need to be abolished that still haven't. You know what I mean? Like, I think there needs to be a little bit more respect for, you know, high-level terms because, well, there's people writing books on it. I think anything that has a whole book written on it needs to be given a smidgen more respect than 140 characters or a hashtag. You know, like, I, <laughs> I probably have said this, like, 50 million times with the fact that Gen Z has turned aesthetic. What, Kona? You just be anytime I'm trying to pod, you just be wanting to hi. Sure. Yeah, sure, you can come in. You wanna join? Tell the people about stereotypes. Kona. Hi. Tell the people about stereotypes. Are you okay? Hello? 
Hi. Do I need to stop the pod? Are you gonna... What's going on? Do you have water? Okay, I'm gonna go check on Kona's food and water and see if she's just bothering me for attention or if she has needs that I can help her meet. Let's go, buddy, and I will return to this. Actually, I might not return to it. I probably am going too far at this time. So let's wrap it up. Kona, tell the people what you want to tell them. Okay, yeah, hope you got that. (laughs) Uh, That's enough for today. Bye.